Welcome to Top Shelf Talks. I am Chris Gickler, your host. The information provided in this podcast should be considered informational only and not be taken for legal, tax, or specific financial advice. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and or their guests only. Hi, this is Chris Gickler, your host here with Tom Costantiello, my co-host there in the wonderful city of Columbus, Ohio, with Conscious Wealth Management. Tom, is it on our election day today? Are you having a good time in the office? Yeah, it's awesome. I'm glad I voted two weeks earlier. I know. I, this is the first time I think in a long time I haven't absentee because I knew I didn't have any travel scheduled. Usually I'd always do an absentee vote, but it was busy out there. I mean, we got to see some of our neighbors and friends there in, online and stuff. So it was a good time. We're going to do something a little bit different here. So have a little bit of fun. I have some um, clips that I was going to play and then I wanted to get your reaction, have a little conversation. So this is, <laughs> don't know what's going to happen here, but we're just going to give it a whirl. I've got them queued up here. All right, boys, here's how you're going to make your first $10,000 in the market. Last year, I took $5,000 and turned that into $100,000 in just nine months by doing this one simple trick. And that one simple trick is realizing that everybody has lied to you up to this point, and you should never be investing in the big cap stocks like Amazon, Apple, Google, Tesla, etc. Because those stocks, they've surpassed their growth phase, and you're only going to get 5 to 10% gains year over year. If you have a million dollars in that stock, that's great, because a 5% gain would give you $50,000. But if you're anything like the average man out here, you only got a couple thousand dollars to invest, which means your 5% gain is only going to get you around $100 to $500 per year, which is nowhere near what you need in order to become financially free. The key to that is taking your low amount of capital and putting that into a risky asset like penny stocks, like cryptocurrency, like NFTs, and being ahead of the trend, being ahead of institutional investors. If you want to know exactly how I do that, join my Discord. The link is in the bio. I'll see you on the other side. Now, before I get your reaction, I have to give I have to give the guy credit. His channel name is it's all about status, I guess, but it's all spelled funny. What's your first reaction to that one? Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, he has okay. some good points there, but I don't know. You know, that's so. He, here's my experience, right, with penny stocks. Generally, they're not legit, and generally, these people that give you a I don't know if you ever saw the Wolf on Wall Street. Yeah, I know it brought me. That's the same thing it brought me to mind too. The Wolf what was the What was the other one that that Ben Affleck was in? It was um, It was about stockbrokers. Mm-hmm. I forget what it was called. That movie. But the Wolf on Wall Street is prime penny stock selling penny stocks. I mean, that was... so does this guy disclose his holdings? So, like, let's say I go out there and I buy this penny stock, and I come out there and say, "Hey guys, here's my recommendation: buy this penny stock." And then you tell your buddy and that guy tells his buddy and that guy tells his buddy, well, I already own a million shares. And all of a sudden I get all you guys to go in there and buy it. It's almost a Ponzi scheme. Cause you're pumping and if it this up. Guy's got, if this guy's not licensed, then what, you know, well, how do they police them? What do they do? You know, I mean, I, I think honestly, you know, you want, you want, I think if you had $5,000 and you want to turn it into $10,000 or a hundred thousand dollars, my opinion, go buy, go buy in a lawnmower and a trailer and start cutting lawns and start a business or, or start a business. Yeah. Well, I think what's funny is, you know, he's going to attract a large audience because there's a lot of people that don't have a lot of money. And once again, feel that they're behind mm-hmm. and are looking to get caught up quick. You know, you're right. If you buy an established blue chip company, you don't have to worry about losing all your money. And, you know, you might make five, 8% a year. It's fantastic. 
Is that going to catch you up to retirement? No. But the other thing too that's silly is, okay, well, if I got five grand, you know, if you're a millionaire, what's $5,000? Nothing. So yeah, you could take more risk and buy riskier assets. Right. But I don't know that's prudent because if all somebody has is 5,000, his advice is lacking in a couple things. Does this person have an emergency reserve? Are you telling them to take their $5,000 that they've got in the bank that they need for a rainy day and throw it into a penny stock? I think that's that's very bad that's advice. Very, it's very reckless. Yeah, you hit the nail on that. Very, exactly. Good word. Very reckless. Yeah. Very reckless. So, All right, let's go on to the second one. This person here is called Hotskins Capital. That's their uh, channel name. So we'll give this one a try here. The best piece of financial advice I've ever received was from a family friend when I was about 15. He was telling my parents that he probably had $2 million in assets, but probably $3 million in debt. So, of course, me being a kid, I was making fun of him, saying that I had a higher net worth. I was richer than he was. And he looked at me and he said, net worth doesn't matter. The next thing he said, I didn't understand until years later because he said there are only two things that you don't get taxed on, appreciation of assets and debt. And if you are using both of these tools to their absolute maximum, your net worth is never going to truly represent your value. Then he said the most important part, which was that if you focus on your net worth, you will be afraid to invest, you will be afraid to take risks, and you will be afraid to borrow because it'll all lower your net worth. And not doing these will handicap your chances at financial independence more than anything else. <laughs> this is a lot to digest wow, on this one. Like, this is a lot I don't to know. I, I think I need to go back to school to figure out what he just said. Because, <laughs> yeah, let's know. start Let's start with the balance sheet question Holy here. Crap. Now, you have to, everybody knows I have a minor in accounting, okay? So I'm going well, back to the balance sheet. You're going you you to need one to understand what that guy just <laughs> yeah. said. So he Holy says crap. that this guy, this friend of the family when he was a kid, says that he had $2 million in assets, which is great, right? I'm assuming a lot of it's probably real estate. And he had $3 million in debt. The last time I checked, that's called a negative equity situation. And guess what debt comes with? Oh, payments. I forgot about that part. I don't know where this guy's going with this thing, but I want to look at the income side and say, what are you? What are income are you generating to carry this much of leverage on your balance sheet? That's crazy. Well, and, and what kind of debt am I going to have? Am I going to have credit card debt? I mean, is it is it mortgage debt? Is it... Is it a business loan? I mean, what kind of debt do I have? Right. And I mean, you know, and like, who's going to lend to you if you're upside down like that? Uh, yeah. You're I mean, go to a bank and go, hey, I've got two million in assets, but three million in debt. Can you give me a loan? Yeah. They, I think you'll get laughed well, the out. The bank's going to laugh at you. Yeah, right. They're going to go, yeah, try again. I'm going to go back to the, you know, we give Dave Ramsey a lot of credit on our channel here. And I'll go back to Dave Ramsey and say, you crazy? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. And I mean, you know, debt. Debt in Ramsey's world is bad, 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 bad. And I know we've talked about it. There's a good balance of debt to assets like mortgages and things like that, as long as you keep it in front of you. But when you have $2 million in assets and $3 million in debt, that's way behind you. You you've, that, that, that's you, know that, you know what that sounds like to me? 2008, if you were a real oh, estate investor. We, we talked about I, that before, man, didn't we? Yeah, you 2008, about- that's, that's like, that's, that's if you're a real estate in 2008. But no, I think it's, it's funny. These guys make these comments, but you really got to dig deep. Like, what's his cash flow? To your right. point, what kind of debt is it? Is, the, is the, the assets, are they generating income to cover the debt? So like, what, what is happening there? What does all that mean? And it's, it's just such a blanket statement that it's really dangerous. It's really dangerous. And once again, reckless. Right. But like back to Dave Ramsey, and you talk about that. What he's talking about is credit card debt. 
Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah. I He's mean, talking about like fleecing, like leasing a car yeah. versus buying a car. Great lesson. You know, I mean, like when you're leasing, you never own. But like, what did he do? He he had a he, he made a million bucks and he lost it all because he's he had too much debt. Mm-hmm. And so then he bought a Cadillac that was rusty and he called it the Bondo bucket. And he drove this beat up Cadillac for a few for a yeah. few years until he, he got his stuff sorted out. Well, I'm going to tell you, in my career, I was telling Gavin this the other day, I bought my parents 19. It was in 2000. What? Four. Three, they had a 1995 Dodge Intrepid. It was green. That's what I drove. I remember those. It was a pretty cool car, actually, believe it or not. Great in the snow. I had that thing for like two years until, you know, my cash flow Mm -hmm. and everything got better, you know, and the business got better and that asset began to grow. But, you know, I think this having like, it sounds like 2008. Let me tell you, I don't want to be there. I don't want to have a net worth. I don't have more debt than my net worth. Yeah, that's just not. And then Ramsey would say the same thing. He uses it in one of his examples. Yeah. You know, the couple has a $400,000 house. They owe $380,000 on it. Then they have another $50,000 in credit card bills where they're in the whole 20, 30 grand. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, I don't want to dig into it, but look at if you're married and you left your spouse with that mess. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's just, to me, that's just, it's reckless again. So, all right. So here's the last one. This goes out to, Money Fits Moms, that's uh, her channel, so we'll give this one a try. One piece of advice given to us by my husband and I became young millionaires because we followed this one piece of advice given to us by a college professor. He said, for the first 10 years out of college, continue to live like broke college students and invest instead. Interestingly, that professor had actually made his own fortune by being an investment professional, then became a professor so he could teach young students like us that life-changing yet simple advice to start investing ASAP. So this one here, I think, is total polar opposite of what we just talked about. So this young lady is, I'm assuming young lady, is saying that a professor gave her advice, invest, you know, very frugal through first 10 years of their life. So I'm put. I'm assuming they're pushing off things like buying a house and kids and all that kind of stuff to get money invested into an plan, like like a financial plan, like you would provide your clients early, which makes a lot of sense to then live. So live like no one today, so you can live like no one tomorrow. I think yeah. this lady's on to something. What do you think? Well, once again, these are all very generalized statements. Like, okay. What does that mean? Live like you're a college dude. I don't know. Some college students I know graduate with $300,000 in student loans because they bought a boat with their, their, you know, they lived in a really nice place. Your expenses and, and your, your, your income and, and not spending all that you make. So it's, it's what you keep, not what you spend. And then why 10 years? Why not 20 years? Why not 30 years? You know, and then who wants to live like that for 10 years? But then like how many college kids come out of college making that big of money? Not many. I mean, it's, it's, I think probably what she's trying to say here is establishing some habits so that you're not caught up with temptation and buying a really big house and buying a really big car and, you know, or an expensive car and expensive car payment and all that stuff. So, but I, you know, once again, what is she investing her money in as well? Like, right. what yeah, are you buying? Be, yeah, it could be real estate. It could be about Are you money. buying real estate? Or are you putting it in the stock market? Are you buying, you know, penny stocks like the other guy, <laughs> yeah. Bitcoin? Yeah. You know, what, what are you doing with your money? 
But I think what she's kind of getting at is once we talk about it, what's your budget? Live within your what's means. What's your goal? How much money do you need to have saved? All of that can be figured out in a financial plan at any age. And I do think the sooner you figure that out or be able to do things that nobody else could have taken my own advice when I was 20 some years old, it would be amazing. You know, it'd be amazing uh, where I'd be today. But you know what? I do want to tell people out there, I've kind of had this epiphany recently, right? You know, in life, we tend to focus on the things we don't have. But I think it's important for us all to step back and focus on what we do have, what we can be grateful for. You know, it's maybe it's our health, our family, or, or where we are today. Things can always be better, but they could always be worse. Right. And, you know, I think the net message is there is no such thing as get rich quick. Okay, I think that's that should be a red flag with the penny stock guy. And I think if you're committed to making improvements in your financial conditions, it starts with looking at your budget, pure and simple, and then seeing where you can reduce some expenses and save a little extra. Then from there, we figure out what that's going to be. Well, and maybe that 5000 becomes a business, and that business becomes the next Amazon. You know, we learned a lot off our parents. I mean, you and I talked about it when we saw each other last weekend, the things you learned off your dad and how he worked hard in the farm. And, you know, I looked at my dad. Unfortunately, I lost him when you know I was pretty young. I mean, I was in my 20s. But, you know, I learned from him the same kind of principles. And he always said, and is pay yourself first. You need to set up a budget and an income statement that where you're paying yourself first, don't put yourself in situations where you're having to pay others first, whether that's living in, you know, high rent apartment or having massive car payments, whatever, pay yourself first, invest that money. And I think the tools we have out there, we talked about the 401k and one of the other podcasts, we have the tools there for you. But I think the key thing back to it is for folks who are listening to this, we're laughing about it and some of this ridiculousness that we hear on TikTok. But the bottom line is no matter what age you are, you went back to it is get a financial plan, get a budget, get those small things in there so that live comfortably as they age and become more mature. So. Well, I think the other thing too, Chris, you know, it's like this, all, what, what do all three of those, the little video or TikTok, um, yeah, TikTok. they're all alluding to financial success, right? Financial independence, right? Getting rich. Okay. Hey, I want that for everybody, but you can't do it unless you have a plan. And those, all three of those folks, that's just too vague. There's not really a, a plan. And, and where you get started, you were talking about pay yourself first. This actually, it goes, and I think we'll, we should start, we should do a, launch a podcast series on this. It's pretty simple, but it's, it's from the richest man in Babylon, right. cute little story. Mm-hmm. But what pay yourself first means is put 10% of whatever you make away and never touch it. And when you retire, that 10% is going to be more than enough for what you need to retire with dignity and stay to retire comfortably and stay comfortably retired. What's wonderful, you were mentioning in it, if you are fortunate enough to work for a company that offers a 401k and they offer you a match, you don't have to put 10% of your money away. Right. You could put six, and if they match four, there's your 10. Right. But if you can do 10 and they match four, now you're 14, maybe you have even more money or you get to retirement sooner. But I think the simplest thing that people could start doing today is put 10% of whatever they make away yep. into an investment and not touch it. Yep. That's Live cool. on the remaining 90%. 
So again, we had a lot of fun here with these little TikTok things. I thought it was something different. Even so. common, I think that's hysterical. Like, I don't know. Maybe we'll come up with our own outrageous strategies. I don't know, man. I don't know if we could because you and I are pretty conservative and straight to the point. So but yeah. again, I appreciate it. And uh, until next time. Yeah, Chris, lots of fun. Thanks for doing the podcast and look forward to doing the next one.